and Mr. King? Yeah. Good luck with the sale. They say your decision will have a major impact on Hawaii's real estate world. Not to mention the whole landscape of Kauai. Hundreds of millions of dollars, yeah? Yeah, it's a big decision. My husband's family's from Kauai. On a pepe, born and bred. They hope you don't sell. You don't say. It's time to dive in the dirty waters of film criticism. Tricycle Radio presents The Movie Wave with Sergio Calvo. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Movie Wave. I am Sergio Calvo, motion arts editor of Tricycle. Uh, joining the show today, we have uh, film critic Susanna Marchant. Hello. And a uh, film and television critic uh, Mark Granger. Hello. And uh, it's great to have you guys back on the show after after a long break. It's been a while. And uh, also hello to Jason Isaacs. Uh, so it's episode 17. Uh, I hope I got the number right this time and uh, an apologies for the blooper on the last episode when I said uh, 14 instead of 16 and it's not it's not the first time that happens uh, I, I think Susanna has been witness of more uh, bloopers of mine of mine before but normally we catch them in time to rectify uh, no, no not this time not this last time today we're gonna be talking about Alexander Payne's uh, new comedy drama The Descendants but before we get there, as always, uh, we will talk about the films that we've been watching and maybe also some thoughts on the Oscar nominations. So let's start with Susanna. What have you been watching? Uh, right. Um, I haven't watched anything very recent. Actually, one of the things that I saw recently was is rather old. Um, I'll start with the uh, <laughs> uncool things. Basically, I watched a lot of comic book based stuff so I, I went I saw Captain America I saw Thor X-Men uh, the first class and uh, Conan the Barbarian right okay, okay. it was it was awesome <laughs> <laughs> I'm a great fan of films like that um, I mean obviously you know you can't really expect much from them um, apart from you know hopefully some good CGI and some good action and stuff. Um, and also, I mean, you know, if you see Hugo Weaving playing a baddie, you know, he's really good at playing baddies. Um, um, so, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I had fun. <laughs> but um, the the one that I saw as well recently was Double Life of Veronique. Um, Kieslowski's that's film. The, that, that's Kieslowski's uh, comic adaptation, eh? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, that's that's much older, but I like to come back to Kieslowski from time to time because every time I watch him, it, you know, I discover something new. So I definitely enjoyed that very much. Um, I don't know, have you have you seen Double Life of Veronique at all? I have, I think I've seen it, but I don't think I've seen the the full film. Uh, I remember there were like two two different parts. One of them was in French, and the other one in Polish. Yes. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I've seen the the, the the Polish or the French part, but I, I, I haven't seen the whole film. I, I need to go back to it and finish it. I, I don't think I I didn't finish it because I didn't like it. I was actually engaged, but uh, I, I, we have to go back to it and, and watch it. I promise. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah, that's right. What about you, Mark? Have you, have you seen Double Life of Veronique? 
I haven't actually. Um, I was going to ask you though, out of X Men First Class, Thor, and Captain America, which you preferred. <laughs> yes, go ahead. I, I'm going to I'm going to drag it back towards comic books because that's all I know. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, which one did you prefer? Um, X Men or Captain America? Um, or, th- or Thor as well, because I haven't seen Conan, so I might as well stick to those three. Yeah. Um, I think I think X Men. I mean, the fact is, you know, Captain America. I mean, it's it's really, it's it. You couldn't really expect anything else from something that is, you know, called Captain America. So it's yeah. really kind of USA, USA type of thing. <laughs> um, um, although Hugo Weaving was great as a baddie. See, my favorite bit about Captain America was the. Um, I thought they managed to make it a bit less patriotic than he expected. I think the propaganda bit near the start where he's being used as a, a tool for the for the um, army was just yes. really clever. I just grounded it quite well. Uh, I thought both Thor and Captain America were miles better than realistically should, like, should have been because <laughs> they're, the, they're not the best characters. Cause I love Marvel comics, but they're not the best characters. Yeah, as, I mean, you know... A, you- can't really expect, I suppose, much of them. Yeah. Yeah, but X Men, um, I was very pleased with because it was it was uh, just a nice way to get back to what was good about the first two X Men films. Yeah, good, good beginning, and also, uh, I mean, yeah, I think they did it. I think they did it quite well. Um, you know, setting the setting the groundwork there. I thought I, I quite enjoyed X Men. Definitely, I enjoyed it more than Captain America and Thor. Yeah. Xavier. Charles Xavier, how do you do? Cheers. So much more did you than you know. Not just pain in anger. There's good in you too. I mean, you can harness all that. You possess a power no one can match. I mean, you've got the two lead performances in X-Men. I'm yeah. Michael Fassbender. She was both excellent. I must so. say, I wasn't that impressed with Kevin Bacon, though. No, he was he was a bit Red Devil, I suppose. But he had his role. Yeah, I don't know if he was just supposed to be playing just this evil man who has nothing to him. Or... I think so, because I, th- I think instead of being the battle against him, it was more... No depth or anything. I mean, you know, you don't really expect much from an evil person because then you don't really feel bad for him dying because you don't see any character development or anything like that. But X-Men's always been more about the relationship between Magneto and Charles. Is there any actual evil? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. So, I mean, I I never read the comic books, so I was very surprised to find out that Mystique is so old, but, like, you know, later. I am so sorry. I don't think we... I'm not sure... (laughs) <laughs> Sergio, are you okay? I think this is this is all a bit like Chinese to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm not I'm not I'm not such a fan of fake you know comic books and all this, but you know I'm here to learn. <laughs> so, so, so. What, what you need to do is you need to watch um, X Men Two, the, the the old X Men Two, um, and Spider Man Two, and The Dark Knight. And Watchmen, and you'll pretty much be sorted. <laughs> They're the best ones to watch. Yes. Okay. Okay. Am I, am, am I excited? They are excellent films, apart from being comic books. So they're the standout ones. So yes, watch them <laughs> for next time. You can tell us what you think.
Yeah, it seems that they never make enough superhero movies. So, uh, well, you've got the Avengers out this year and the third. Oh, yeah, that month, so. Maybe maybe yeah. we'll watch yeah. that one because the, it has everything in one. So I don't have to watch the other ones. You do because you have to you get all the more well, the character development from the other ones because the Avengers is basically going to be an hour and a half of fighting. <laughs> so <laughs> I think you have to watch the other ones just to get I, through I the characters. Just, I might just play a video game instead. <laughs> Me, me, me. Go on, go on. Illuminate me about the comic books and the super. No, books. no, it's it's okay. It's you have to experience it yourself. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh yeah. No, I was quite disappointed with Conan the Barbarian. Really. I mean, to, to, I mean. To did you have expectations for that? Did you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, because because you think you know the original was so bad, so bad. I mean, you know, I I watch it because. You have to see it. I mean, especially if you're into films like I am, um, the sort of things that I, I watch. But so I thought, you know, this is the redone version. I'm sure it'll be at least, you know, visually more that you you buy it, you know. But I know uh, I did. I told I know I wasn't happy with it. <laughs> there was a, there, there was also a lot of um, like continuity errors, which really bothered me. Because, I mean, I can totally suspend reality, I can totally buy all this, but if one scene is that, you know, the main characters are being attacked at night, and then they fight and it's the day, it just totally throws me off. Unless it was was a really, really long battle. (laughs) No, it wasn't. It was two boatfuls of people, you know, attacking another boatful of people. So it's it's not going to take a call. So that really, that kind of, things like that really kind of got to me. And now I was was rather disappointed with it. But, you know, what can you do? There was that really bad continuity continuity in X-Men 3. I don't know if you spotted it. it's hard not to remember, but when Magneto lifts the bridge, the Golden Gate Bridge, yeah. he starts lifting it at daytime and he puts it down at night time. <laughs> yeah. So not, that, not that far away. But um, anyways, I enjoyed seeing, uh, what's his name, Ron Perlman, um, he, the, the guy who who was in Hellboy. He's yes. basically in most films like that and in, in, in Hollywood. So I enjoyed seeing him because, you know... It's all... Because of his physical appearance. I yeah, probably yeah. He's always he's always in, in all of them. He's great in Drive. If if he's in Drive, uh, check check out um, Ron Pelmar's uh, performance. I think he's he's very good in that one. Mm. Isn't he in this this American series that's so popular? Uh, so, Sons so of Anarchy. Yeah, I I've never seen it, so okay. I don't know. I heard that it's really really popular now. Um, okay. I don't, I don't know. Anyways, um, the girl in from X Men, the one who played Mystique, um, oh, yeah. Jennifer Lawrence, I think she's 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 going to be in the Hunger Games. Uh, the Hunger Games are coming out. When is that? Next month or something? Is that is that I've seen. I've seen yeah. it advertised, but I don't know much about it apart from it looks like Battle Royale. It's it's based on a series of books that have been extremely popular recently, right. um, um, and it looks really cool. So I'm definitely going to go see it. Right. Um, I'm just writing so down here the Hunger <laughs> Games. Yeah, um, I mean, you just you know go online and see a trailer. To me, it looks really really great. But then I'm into you know action films and sci-fi and things like that. So. 
Can I see what I got you today? It's a Mockingjay pen. As long as you have it, nothing bad will happen to you. I promise. Welcome and happy Hunger Games. I just love that. Ladies first. Uh, what else have you been watching? Any more superhero films or? Uh... I'm scared to say, so let's go to Mark. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, Mark, what, what have you? Well, funny enough, the, the film I want to talk about is superhero. <laughs> uh, so what else? Anyway, uh, Chronicle, which has just recently right. came out. It's yeah. a found footage film. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. One. I heard yeah. it. Yes. Yeah, I went to see that last week, and it was very impressive um, okay. because I managed to boil down the character. Well, there wasn't so much of an origin story that they found something underground and it gave them the powers of telekinesis to be able to move objects on themselves with their minds. Um, and it was obviously all done with the camcorders, and someone's always got the camcorder. And, you know, it's the general limitations that that medium has are all present because you have to. Be, wonder why someone's taking a cab corner to a party but all that type of stuff but um, it boiled down what normal people would do if they discovered that they had these powers very well uh, so say it was only an hour and a half and the first hour was them just you know dicking around with their powers and making balls move and hitting people in the face and going to toy shops and making bears scare the children which is you know exactly the type of thing I would do um, but the last hour of it turned into more of a superhero battle film and it was for the scale of it and for the budget that it was obviously made on very low budget it was very impressive. It was rivaled most of the proper superhero films you get these days. Give me a countdown. I will. I promise. Ah! I got this one. What you looking at, girl? Stay in school. We're too strong now. We need rules. No using it in public. No using it on living things. Whoa, whoa, what did you do there? You can't use it when you're angry. If you did that, you know what we'd have to do. You'd have to what? So it basically takes the formula of the, the Blair Witch uh, project or paranormal activity it, and applies it to it, a superhero of genre. I'd say it's close to Cloverfield. Cloverfield, um, yes. The, yeah, especially the end, the climactic battle at the end is close to Cloverfield. Okay. But the rest of it's just, it's very normal people using their powers. Um, it's not, it's not a spoiler to us to say that one of them goes a bit rogue, but it's how he gets there is very well done. Mm-hmm. It's like his personal journey, how he how he misuses his powers and how he grows into that is very impressive in itself. I've probably enjoyed that more than the actual battle at the end, but as I say, the battle is a very impressive spectacle for the amount of money it was made on. Well, I read a review recently on one of these uh, free publications uh, that you get in the street I was reading a review of it it was an amazing amazing review uh, they, they were making the film look like a, like a masterpiece and I was like wow it has to be a great film then I realized it was uh, advertising <laughs> it wasn't actually a <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't know but I, I, I did I did like uh, Cloverfield so I will probably check this out uh, what's in the title again uh, Chronicles yeah, I mean, there's more of a human um, focus than Cloverfield. I mean, Cloverfield had everyone running around quite a lot more than this does. Yes. Uh, so yeah, it's good performances from unknown actors, and I think it was written by John Landis's son. Okay. I believe so, but like, well, no budget, as I say. John Landis, who, who the, the, 
the guy who made Burkan here. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> I was thinking some of his older fellows. He, he made an American uh, werewolf in London as well. So, okay. yeah, so we'll give yeah. him credit for that. Okay, um, I don't know if you want to go through any more titles. Do you have anything else uh, to go through, Mark? No, I've, I've, been, I've been watching a lot of TV box sets at the moment and going to the cinema when I can, so I'm just looking forward to the Muppets, really, <laughs> going back right. to our last discussion. It hasn't been out yet. Uh, when, when is it out? Is uh, it out right now? It's out, it's out this week, this I week. believe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So whenever I get to see that, I will. <laughs> so hopefully in the next episode you can give us your uh, feedback. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be a Muppets extravaganza next week. <laughs> Right, uh, well, I have quite a few titles to go through, so I'm gonna ta- I'm gonna try to be quick and uh, brief. Uh, the first one is the artist that you probably heard of. Uh, and when I first heard of this film, uh, that some French people were doing a silent film about the transition from uh, the silent era to the to the talkies, I got really really excited, and I was like, I really had to check this film out. But then the movie came out, and you know we got all the praise, all the award nominations, uh, and I kind of got bored of hearing of it, you know. And then, but then, I, then it was the film, and I realized that all the praise and all the talking about the film was uh, very well deserved because uh, it is a wonderful film. It's f- full of joy and love for cinema, uh, and I enjoyed every second of it. And I think that I liked everything about it, and it's very very well performed, very uh, classy, romantic, uh, and it, it captures the uh, essence of the classic uh, silent films. And it's also very calculated in its form, you know, very precise and very, very tight. Uh, technically, it's very, very well made, but it works very, very well. And it's, you know, it's smart and it's funny. And uh, I think it's a triumph of a film. Uh, I highly recommend it. Also, I, I think it would make a, a good double bill with uh, Hugo. Another film that I've seen is Chico and Rita. It's a Spanish uh, uh, grown-up animation film uh, directed by filmmaker Fernando Trueba in collaboration with uh, graphic designer um, Javier Mariscal. Uh, the film uh, is nominated in the category of Best uh, Animated Feature Film for the for the Oscars. And uh, Trueba ha- already won the Oscar before in '94 uh, for the film Belle Epoque. And uh, he has uh, shown us his passion for music before, particularly for Latin jazz in uh, films like uh, Calle 54 and Too Much. Chico uh, and Rita is uh, basically a love story. It's a love affair between two Cuban musicians. Uh, this, this young pianist uh, Chico and a beautiful, uh, gorgeous uh, singer Rita. And about their break, breakups and comebacks and the obstacles of uh, fame, and uh, success gets in between and uh, all the turnarounds in life. And it's a very romantic portrayal of the Latin music scene of the 1940s and in in La Habana and uh, in New York as well. Uh, It's a very, very nostalgic film. Uh, It's very kind of... It's very sunny, very very warm and also very sexy. Surprisingly, it's very sexy for, uh, for an animated film. I found I found it also very sweet and all uh, sentimental, but in a wit in a good way. Uh, so yes, Chico and Rita, uh, watch it. It will make you sad and and happy, and it will make you fall in love with Latin jazz music if you never heard uh, this. This if you never listen to this kind of music. I know if you're too to... highbrow for Sergio. Is it? No. <laughs> come on, come on. 
Uh, if it hasn't got anyone flying around in a cape, that's no, I'm just not going to watch it. <laughs> uh, Latin music or just just music. Latin music is very, it's, it's it's very very relaxing and sexy. Uh, shame. Uh, talking about sex, <laughs> uh, a lot have been said about shame, and uh, it's been it's been described uh, as an erotic or even pornographic uh, film uh, because it, it has uh, some sexually explicit content. So that's what they say. In fact, I don't think this is true. Uh, I don't think there is any explicit sex in this film. Uh, apart of some. Uh, Front uh, male nudity by by fast vendor, which for some reason is still uh, seems to be like a taboo in cinema, and uh, uh, and we also get the average nudity that you get in any in any films nowadays. Uh, so it isn't an erotic film. Uh, it's it's I think it's a very unsexy film, and very unarousing and uh, an erotic film, and it's uh, it's sad also. It's uh, it's a film about sex addiction, but it's. It, it's this addiction is something that could have been replaced with any other addiction. You could, you could put there, uh, I don't know, a, a drug addiction or alcohol addiction, and it would be equally sad. Uh, so we have uh, Michael Fassbender, the omnipresent uh, Michael Fassbender. He's got a film out every week, and in this case, he's playing a very dark uh, character, kind of a self-loathing uh, character, who, to, to whom the practice of sex. Uh, goes from self-indulgence to a form of uh, self-flagellation, or self-harm, uh, self-destruction. So sex is something that has taken over his life and the addiction to sex kind of uh, has taken life away from him. Uh, he is not capable of uh, building a lasting and loving relationship and his uh, angry, I would describe, angry relationship with his sister uh, implies that there is some kind of trauma in the past uh, that we don't really know much about. So we have Katie Mulligan uh, playing he, this, the sister, playing uh, Michael Fassbender's sister, and uh, uh, she's a very annoying uh, character in a, a de- deliberate way, uh, very dependent, and she, she has a singing scene in it that, <laughs> uh, that that's uh, deliberately slow, and uh, I think it will make uh, even the Dalai Lama lose his patience. Uh, it, it, it's directed by Steve McQueen, uh, and this is not the, the long-time dead actor from The Great Escape, uh, but an English director who's also an artist. And uh, his debut in uh, cinema came a few years ago with *Hunger*, a film about a hunger strike by the IRA prisoners, uh, which I have never seen, but I need to check out. After, particularly after watching *Shame*. So uh, I wonder now if he's planning uh, a trilogy with uh, the next film could be called Hate about neo-Nazis or something. This director, Steve McQueen, I think is very interesting, uh, very confident and very reflective filmmaker. And I love his style. It's very fresh. You know, there is no artifice. We have uh, long shots, natural lighting at times. Uh, I w- uh, take out this scene with the uh, fast vendor jogging throughout the city in a, sh- in a, in a single shot. So you get many intense moments like... Uh, when he kind of uh, he's in the metro and the underground and he establishes eye contact with a stranger on uh, on the train and the, you know there is this flirtation going on. I, so I think this is the sexiest part of the film actually. So uh, 
you know, McQueen doesn't give as much away about uh, the characters. Uh, there are no backstories, and uh, it puts you right there in their lives to experience it as it happens. So uh, you can judge them or not. You can empathize with them or sympathize with them or not. Uh, and it works, and it, I think it's brilliant. And I love this film, and I, I would definitely... Uh, recommend it. It will be very high in my top 10 list of 2011 if I go to see it in time. But you know, it's a pity that Fassbender hasn't been nominated for the Oscar. Uh, I think uh, this is uh, the best male performance of last year, uh, alongside Michael Shannon in Take Shelter. You're the man. Your pitch, amazing, amazing. Watch Shame if you have chance. Maybe not on a date, but but watch it. If if you don't, it'd be it'd be a shame. Now uh, I, I want to talk about the Millennium Trilogy, but I'm going to be really short. Uh, this is a film that was made for the Swedish television and uh, then go a theatrical release in three parts. It's been recently remade by David Fincher. A very unnecessary remake, I would say, because the, the girl with the dragon tattoo, I think it works perfectly in the original version, and we don't, uh, we don't need uh, I don't think we need American actors running around Stockholm pretending to be Swedish and speaking in English. Uh, or, or maybe, maybe we do, I don't know. As a film, though, I think Finchers is better. Um, right. not, not just because it's English. I've, I've seen both of them. I thought Finchers is superior uh, because it didn't alter the story as much. Yes, a bit, bit near the end it is, but there was important bits I thought for the characters on the Swedish island. Like they didn't um, in the Swedish version, everyone knew that Michael Blomqvist, the journalist, was looking into the disappearance disappearance of Harriet, and that kind of ruined some of the tension for me in the Swedish version. But in, in the Fincher version, it went back to everyone thinking he was writing an autobiography of the a biography even right. of the um, of. Uh, Wolves of Anger, so I thought in that sense it was a bit, it was more superior. I also Lisbeth's portrayal in the Swedish film was a bit too far on the angry side for me, where she's maybe a bit more of a withdrawn outcast. And I think Rooney Mara captured that far better than Numi Rapastid. Right, but do you think the remake is necessary? 
a part of the, well, yeah, you know, the, yeah, it might be a great film, but is it is it a I think it tells film? the story better, and from that point of view, yes. Right, because uh, it presents it better. Right, okay. I, I haven't seen the I haven't seen the remake. It's something I'm gonna I'm gonna see after watching the, this this trilogy. Uh, I, from my point of view, I don't think there, there was a need to improve it because I think for me it worked uh, the, the 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 girl with the tattoo in the in its original version. Uh, I I know why. Um, I know why David Fincher would be interested in making a remake. He, he for him, it's you know a good opportunity to to play with his uh, visual style and all that. Uh, but uh, I don't think there was a need to make a, a remake. But I will check it out and uh, we'll see if it's a better or not. Uh, we'll see what I think about it. Once. As someone who's read the book, I'd say it's a better portrayal, and it's a very good film as well. Right. Okay. So we moving on. Uh, I'm, I'm going to. Go- I'm going to move on and go yes. climb into bed with the whole water bottle. We, if gonna, that's all right. We're going to let you go because uh, we know you are feeling really sick at the moment. Yeah. So, uh, thanks. <laughs> thanks very much. Sorry, thanks. Mark thanks for having us. Uh, I'll speak to, to you us. properly next time. And, uh, I'll, be, I'll be around a lot longer next time. Yeah, ho- ho- hopefully, you're back on the next episode. You can talk to us about the Muppets. Will do. Bye. <laughs> yeah, you take care. Cheers. Okay. See you later. Bye. Bye. Now it is time to talk about Tricycle. Uh, go to our Tricycle website at tricycle.co.uk and check out uh, Christopher Smale's column on the Oscars and also his review of The Artist, a review of The Iron Lady by Antonia Landi and a review of the manga adaptation Tatsumi by Claudia Menting. Find also an interview with Joe Davin and Tom Smith about the Lucid Dreaming-themed podcast Get Lucid. Hopefully... We'll have a new TV column by Mark Greger if he gets uh, if he recovers soon. That's the glorious uh, Mark's TV uh, article, regular article. Uh, remember that all issues of Tricycle Magazine are available online for free. And also, if you like uh, our podcast, you can subscribe for free on iTunes. And every new episode will be automatically downloaded to your PC or iPhone. Or you can also go to themoviewave.podbean.com. Uh, to get access to our episode archive feel free to leave us some comments on Facebook uh, join our Facebook uh, page at uh, facebook.com slash the movie wave and you get notified about new reviews and you you will also get uh, regular updates on all the movie action there is something for everyone now let's have a wee break and we'll be back talking about The Descendants Oh, mm-hmm. 
You are listening to The Movie Wave. We are back, and it's time to talk about a comedy drama, The Descendants, uh, directed by Alexander Payne. It stars uh, George Clooney, who plays uh, Matt King, a lawyer and a landowner who lives in Hawaii, and who's having a hard time trying to reconnect with his daughters when his wife is left in a coma after having a boating accident. Soon, he'll have revelations about her wife that will change his perspective on family and business. Sorry to bother you, I'm Matt King. Yeah, I've come to pick up my daughter, Alexandra. Alex? Dad? <laughs> What's up, Dad? <laughs> What's happening? You need to come home and see your mom. I'm the backup parent, the understudy. I thought you were supposed to be getting your act together. I've been doing really well, actually. Nobody ever seems to notice that. And with Elizabeth, my wife, in the hospital, my daughters are testing me. Look who's here. Get out of my underwear, you freak. Oh, okay. Don't Back inside now. Real good job you're doing. Right, Susanna, what do you think of The Descendants? Finally, we get to talk about the film. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I only found out that it was based on a book you know, recently, so it was too late for me to read the book, and I'm not sure how the film stands um if it if it's really kind of based loosely on the book or if it's kind of trying to to give it justice i don't know um i think there is a possibility that the book was maybe a little better than the film was because i think it wasn't um explored enough i don't think Um, I mean, it wasn't. It's not like it was a bad film. I don't think it was a terrible film, yeah. and but I don't think it was a great film either. I think it was decent. Yes. Um, but I would have liked to um, see, um, for example, um, his relationship with his daughters um, explored a bit more. Yes. Because in one, like you see that you oh they're bratty and they misbehave. And then half an hour later, suddenly they're all one happy family. They are, they are on, they are all on his side. Exactly, I mean, it doesn't work that way. The transition <laughs> happens a bit too quick, so you can see, you can see that there probably were things, uh, part of the the story from the from the book that were taken out, and uh, then yeah. it, you know it leaves the 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 film a little bit like um, we needed more. We need a bit more of a, of a story there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it wasn't it wasn't explained enough, and also that scene where um, uh, um, I think it was Matt, right, Clooney's character, when he asks his daughter's friend Sid, the boy, the yeah. crazy boy, <laughs> when he asks him, he they have this little heart to heart chat at night. Yes. What would you do if you were if you were in my shoes? Where did that come from? 
he didn't really have respect any respect for that kid. He yes. kind of tolerated him because he had to. Yes. He didn't think he was smart enough. And then yes. suddenly they have this heart to heart where they're equals. It didn't. I didn't buy that at all. Although Sid's character development was probably good, but you know, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't buy a lot of it. I think. I think. I think this uh, the car- uh, this character of the kid Sid. I think it's more steady throughout the film. Whereas the, yeah. the other characters have big changes in a very short period of time, which uh, may, might make it a bit more difficult to believe. Yeah, maybe. So yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you uh, in in that. Uh, what What do you think of the voiceover? Do you think it was uh, necessary? I, I I felt that I I don't know. I always assume, I mean always a lot of the time if you have a narrator at the very beginning. And like throughout, you just think, mm, is that necessary? Yes. You know, it, 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 it already because you know I've had so many disappointments with films that has that have narration narration at the beginning. I already I already go into this mode where oh no, narration that's not good news. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> it, I suppose they could have done it because they did that. The way it was written, the the narration, it was a bit of a cliche. Yes. Him saying, "Oh, please well, there, wake." There up. are many cliches in the film. Yes, please wake up. I'll try harder. I'll be a yeah. better husband. It was, it was, it was a bit too, too much for me. It was too much of a cliche. There were a few very intelligent um, things in the film and a few um, yes. smart things. So it just didn't. For me, it was hard to understand how they could allow some of those terrible cliches in there. And at the same time, have some really meaningful and lovely things. Yes. It's. Yes. I mean, I don't understand that. Did they did kind of divide the the script, and you know, one person took care of one thing, and another person took care of another, and they just didn't read through it. I don't. I don't understand that. I think. For, I think yeah? the cliche thing is something that the, the Alexander Payne's probably playing with. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the whole thing with the you know the Hawaiian t-shirts, the Hawaiian music. Etc. Yeah. Etc. But then I, I can't really tell if the if the film makes a you know a good depiction of uh, how is life in Hawaii or at least how rich people live in Hawaii. First, yeah. because I never been to Hawaii, and second, because I, I never been rich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I can't I really know. tell. So I, I take it as it comes in the film. Yeah, I mean I, I can understand some cliches which are supposed to be funny, but then. That, that beginning and then at the end when he was saying goodbye to his wife yes I'm sorry but that just made me cringe it really did it really it was it was too much it was too much when he was saying goodbye it was just no 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 it was I, I guess it it didn't it didn't work for me in the most in the emotional level it worked for me better yeah. like the comedy part and even the comic the comic parts they weren't that funny. There were very few moments that I really laughed out loud. Uh, mm-hmm. So th- th- that's probably why I was uh, slightly disappointed. If if I compare this film to uh, to a film like Sideways, for example, which is a mm-hmm. film I really uh, adore. And, yeah. Uh, Sideways, it was hilarious, you know. And uh, and I also blame it for uh, getting me into wine, you know. It's, but it's a, it's a very it was a very funny film. Uh, but it, here, uh, you know, the drama part, it, it, because, you know, it, there, there are a lot of tragic events going on in the film. Yes. Uh, and uh, th- 
it didn't really make me care too much but then the the, the, the funny parts weren't actually that funny so it, I think that's why the film left me a bit cold I, I would have I, maybe I was expecting a bit more maybe something like the films he made before I don't I'm not sure if uh, you know I'm guilty of just comparing films which I shouldn't do because this film should, should work on its own but you know we always trying to put films in context and this is a, yeah. in the context of the Alexander Payne films, which are always kind of, you know, dark on, in its humor. And here it, yeah. is, it is dark, but I don't think it's so dark in, in tone or in atmosphere. Uh, yeah. How can it be dark? We are, you know, we are in Hawaii. Nah, I don't know. I thought the humor was mostly about swearing, really. Yes, probably. I mean, there weren't that many funny, funny scenes. I mean, okay, swearing and then violence as well. And this the scene I'm gonna punch you and then he gets punched that, you know so what that was, that was the best that was the best gag in that, the film that, <laughs> that was, was the that funniest was funny. bit so basically the jokes were about about swearing yes. and violence that was the funny part so you know I mean I can understand that kind of humor you know I, I'm still a child at heart <laughs> yes. but I could I could also I would also appreciate some, some more adult humor in there I don't know I mean it was it, it's, it was a good film. It was a decent film, but it wasn't brilliant. I thought it could aspire to be a bit more. Yes, well, it's not. It is an adult. I think it still works as an adult film, and we don't get. You know, it's not scatological humor. I know there is some swearing, but it. It. it I think. I think it's smart enough, and uh, I wouldn't compare this to a teen comedy or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And there are some great scenes as well. You know. I. I, I sorry. Mm-hmm. Go on. No, I thought I think one of my favorite scenes that I thought that was really a beautiful scene was when um, um, Judy, uh, the lady from the beach, when she came to the hospital yes. to to forgive um, whatever her name was, uh, the, the the main character's wife. Uh, yes, the, I, I I I cannot remember the the names now. Uh, I I know Brian Spear is the. <laughs> Scooby Doo guy. What's happening here? Hold on. Hello? Why am I hearing music? I don't know. Michael Simon. Right. Okay. Let me. Sorry. What were we talking about? Um, I said, oh, Judy, when she came to the hospital to forgive uh, Matt's wife. Yes. I thought that was a lovely scene and, and, and. The, the, the kind of you know it was a short short speech and yeah. and she did very well from kind of sad and angry into angry yeah. and um, I thought I thought she, I thought she she did a, a, you know a very good job. Well, it's uh, kind of an unexpected twist, you know. You don't expect her to go all mad and angry because he was the sweet character. Yes, exactly. But I mean, you know, you can understand. But um, then it's funny how. Um, how uh, George Clooney tells her off for going mad at, at her wife, at his wife, and, and it's kind of a hypocrite there because he was the the first one to get mad at his wife when he when she's on a coma. So well, a bit of hypocrisy there. Of course there is. But and then, you know, then, then oh, tell, telling off the the daughter as well because the daughter has her moment when she she goes mad at her. At exactly. Her but then everybody thinks they have the right to do something and nobody else does. Um, we, the funny thing was, the, the, the interesting twist was that, you know, the mother could never um, give her side of the story. She couldn't uh, answer. There was nothing, you know, there was nothing there. 
um, which I thought was an interesting interesting bit because basically all you know about her is what you hear from the main character. So it's the, yeah. you could be distorted or yeah. whatever. How can you trust? It's it's just uh, someone's point of view. Exactly. So she she can't defend herself. She can't say anything. No. She just lies there while people talk at her. Um, so I thought that was that was an interesting interesting bit. There's this one scene I really like, and this is the one when um, when uh, what was the name? I should have written down the names of the characters. Uh, mm-hmm. Was the character by George Clooney is uh, Matt King? Eh? Okay. Uh-huh. Matt King. Uh, when he has this tense encounter with the uh, Brian Spear. Uh, mm-hmm. Brian Spear. For some reason, that's the only name that is, that is stuck in my mind. Brian Spear. Uh-huh. And, yes. Uh, and Brian Spear's wife as well. And uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was, you know, it was very tense because there is so much at stake. Yes. Uh, that was that was a really nicely done uh, f- uh, f- scene. And and also the the, the actor who, who plays Brian Spear, he was very convincing. He he can he, he feels so threatened and he has so much to lose if things go wrong and if he if he, George Clooney decides to you know uh, tell on him tell everything and then, yeah. then there is the you know the character of uh, played by uh, Bridges uh, that's I think it's Jeff Bridges' brother uh, Bo Bridges yeah uh, and uh, I th- you know he's he's just such a repellent greedy motherfucker. <laughs> And I really hope he was really in the character. He's so hateful, you know. Uh, you know that that all the scenes with with him, I think I think they were great. And then the, the scenes with Sid, the the little boy that's got this, he's got a very big mouth. And uh, you <laughs> know the the moment he said when he he got pants, uh, uh, but no no without warning. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. That that's. Uh, I think they did a, a, a very good job with the actors. I think they really did. Yes. You know, it's a character-based film, uh, character-based yeah. story. So acting was, I, I mean, the acting there I thought was great. Um, so what, what do you think of uh, Clooney? Uh, because yeah. he's nominated for the Oscar. Uh, so do you think he, uh, is he, his performance is worthy of an Oscar? It's no news that George Clooney is a good actor. Yes. But I definitely, I have definitely seen him do better than he did in this film. He was good. I mean, obviously, he's always good, but I don't... No, I don't know. I, I think there were definitely other roles. That I, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's his best performance. No, I don't think, I think it was. I think it's a better performance than he actually looks. Because they, they... He did, I think he did... He did a pr- he did a pretty good job with what he was given because what he was given was a, a slightly underdeveloped um, story, so he did what he could with it, and and he definitely did do did well with that. But I, uh, I like the fact that he doesn't go you know over the top. It's not this kind of performance that is a very like you know it's, it's not screaming out loud uh, his 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 emotions. So it has a lot of uh, I would say. Uh, Nuance. Uh, I think he does a good job with the material he has, and uh, mm. he's very good at uh, portraying the, this human side of the the character. Mm. Uh, he could have gone in a different direction. He could have gone more uh, clowny, I would say. Uh, yeah, the, over the, 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 the clowny could have gone clowny, mm. but uh, he, he still remains uh, like a real human being. And uh, I think he, he did a good job, and maybe that's why they are. Uh, Praising his performance, 
maybe th- I don't know. I think all the car, all the kind of characters, maybe they give you a chance to you know go wilder, go with more Pacino. <laughs> but mm. <laughs> I think he did great. No. I think he did great, but uh, I, I don't think it's the best uh, performance of uh, last year. No, I, no, no, I don't think. I mean, <sighs> you never know. To be perfectly honest, you know, sometimes the um nominations are, are a real surprise sometimes they're not and um i don't know i i don't know i mean it's a good film but it's not great it's not fantastic it totally it didn't take my breath away mm. um it, it's you know it's a decent film but i don't know if it's, it's oscar material maybe it's just me i don't know what do you, what um, do you think about the soup plot with the uh, you know the the land selling story I thought I, I thought that was a lovely story. I mean, I, I don't. Hmm. You know, he was thinking. He was already um, thinking about with the fact that he had to sell the land. He had no choice. Yeah. But he there. didn't like. He didn't like that. So basically, it was like they were trying to make it as if his personal growth through his family tragedy made him realize that he cannot. He mustn't sell the land. Yeah. Um, which I mean, from the beginning, you saw that he 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 was kind kind of unhappy about the fact that he had to sell it. He just kind of got a bit stronger in that belief. Um, I thought it was a nice a nice touch. I mean, unfortunately, I don't know much about history of Hawaii, and I don't know, you know, how how many people there are who are actually um, private owners of the land. I don't know how that looks. Um, But I'm assuming if you know it was it, the book was written by I I think by somebody from Hawaii, so they might they must know <laughs> they must know about that. I don't know. I mean, it's quite sad how it's just being you know taken apart bit by bit and yes, just made into this and all the exploitation that they do in all, all of the land just for uh, absolutely for yes, bi- some, business and money purposes. Yeah, something that was virgin and 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 untouched and clean. Yes. You know, one of the beautiful spots. Um, just taken apart for a, for a hotel or something. I also like the, the comment that the Clooney makes that he says, "Wait, I, I didn't really earn this this land, you know." I, yeah. Because he he basically he, he inherited the the land. It's not something that he actually earned. And, uh, yeah, yeah. But that's yeah, why yeah. he he he, didn't, he doesn't want to spoil his children either. He wants them, to, you know, to you know study a job. But he he has his job, you know. He has his his business, his practice. He's a lawyer. He's, Whereas a lot of his family just drank and we wasted the inheritance that they yes, got. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. It was quite a like a nice little neat little speech he he gave to Bo Bridges at the end when he said. That you know we we have Hawaiian blood in us, you know, but we we don't even speak the language. Yes, um, and yet we we have so much land. There are there are these little touches. I wish there was a bit more of that. We're howly as shit, and we go to private schools and clubs, and we can barely speak pidgin, let alone Hawaiian. But we've got Hawaiian blood, and we're tied to this land. And our children are tied to this land. Now, it's a miracle that for some bullshit reason, 150 years ago, we owned this much of paradise, but we do. And for whatever bullshit reason, I'm the trustee now. 
Okay, so final words here. Would you recommend? I mean, I would. I think I would recommend it. I mean, I wouldn't say that you know this film will change your life. <laughs> um, but but I mean, it's it's a good film. I don't think I'm not sure if I would take little children to it. Definitely not. But um, I think it's you know something that if you. It is it is a bit of an emotional film as well. I mean, they do a good job. I mean, sometimes, unfortunately, they they kind of hammer the point home with music rather than with anything else. Like the music tells you you're supposed to be sad now. Oh, the, um, and the narrators uh, give explanations <laughs> and exposition about what's going on. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it's a good film. I I I'd recommend it. Right. Okay. Yes. Uh, it, uh, for me, what, what I like about it is that it's an adult f uh, film. You know, it's an adult yes. comedy, which is very unusual because you know we, we get many teen comedies. Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, wait. We do we, we do get comedies with adults in it, but it's hard to find an adult c comedy. <laughs> uh, most of the comedies that we get nowadays they are very uh, juvenile. You know. Oh goodness! Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a good film. Uh, the, the problem that I have is that it, it didn't really speak to me much. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I would rather recommend any of the films that I talked about before. You know, Watch Shame or The Artist or Chico and Rita the, or the Millennium <laughs> Trilogy, the original, the Swedish one. Where, where, where well, Swedish... there is a chance. Oh, there is a chance that this film spoke more to Americans because they understand, you know, the Hawaiian history more. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So there, maybe, you know, that's one of the reasons why the film um, got appreciated in a way it did. Maybe, maybe we had to read the book or, or, or listen to the audiobook or something. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. So okay. I think we can now leave the descendants behind and uh, mm -hmm. descend to the end of the show. <laughs> But before we go, I'd like to take the, the opportunity to remember... Uh, Uh, Greece's uh, greatest filmmaker. We 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 go from a Greek American filmmaker, uh, the director of uh, The Descendants, to an, an another an actual Greek, uh, Theo Angelopoulos. He died mm. uh, recently. He was killed in a road accident in Athens while he was working on his latest f uh, film. Uh, this film was uh, called. Uh, he was it was titled uh, The Other Sea, and it was going to be about the impact of the economic crisis on the Greeks. And, and this this film was meant to close the trilogy that he started with, The, the Weeping Meadow, uh, which is, um, I believe it's a masterpiece. Uh, I discussed this uh, film on the episode, on one of the episodes of the podcast. And uh, it, it was followed by another film, The Dust of Time. Uh, and it's a shame that the trilogy is now left incomplete. Uh, and it's a big loss for cinema. But he he left us with uh, an extraordinary legacy of films. Last night I, I was watching Eternity and a Day. Uh, I think it's a beautiful film. So check out these uh, films. Check out Angelopoulos. Uh, he's great. So that's it. Uh, this is it for uh, episode 17 of the Movie Wave. Uh, thank you, thank you, Susanna, for uh, joining the show. And uh, thank you. And thank you, uh, Mark. Hope you are recovering well in your bed with your blankets and the syrup. Mm -hmm. And uh, for um, more film reviews, go to tricycle.co.uk where you can read all the issues of uh, Tricycle Magazine for free on your PC, laptop, Android, iPhone or iPad. Many, many devices. Uh, Tricycle Magazine is not responsible for the content of this program. 
and all opinions and views expressed on the show are solely of the individuals. Thanks very much for listening. We'll be surfing the wave soon. This podcast is a production of Calvinet Entertainment for Tricycle Magazine. Find out more at tricycle.co.uk. That's T-R-I-S-I-C-K-L-E dot co dot U-K. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Movie Wave. I'm... Episode four. What? Isn't this episode four? This is it for episode three of the Movie Wave. Thanks, George and Susanna, for joining the show. Uh, <laughs> episode four. <laughs> oh, hold on. We're episode four. Without I, that. <laughs> yeah. let's, 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 let's go back again. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it for episode three. Oh, f- And I haven't been drinking. <laughs> right, let's let's go let's go back again. We'll never finish this one. <laughs> <laughs>